Dystopia Tonight. Hello. <laughs> Good day, John. What's Good going on, man? To you. Oh, it's great. Yeah, maybe we will. Maybe we will go hang out with Julia. Right. Anyway, yeah, that's our guest, by the way, making her triumphant return to Dystopia tonight. Um, she's got a great, great uh, documentary film out uh, called Julia Scotty. Funny that way. It's just getting rave fucking reviews from everybody. It's been in every fucking major publication uh, directed by uh, Susan Sandler, uh, an amazing uh, woman and director. And uh, yeah, so let's bring on Julia Scotty. I can't talk right now. I can't. I'm on the Don Poporomo. That's Don Poporomo. Yes. What's the big deal? Katanji. I don't. What is it? What? Oh, good. Finally. Well, like, big surprise. We knew that was going to happen. All right. You know what? We'll talk later. Okay. Yes. I got to go. I got to go. Got to go, Katanji. I got to go. Jesus Christ. Oh. I got to go. It's no like, respect. I don't know what she's. Uh, yeah, she's making moves. You're a very popular happened. person. Something happened. Something happened? What happened? I, something about the court. I think she might have got... Uh, uh. I think she bumped <laughs> Lindsey Graham in the testicles. And we liked it. That's how you get in now. That was the, yeah. that was the, that's the secret why you get Lindsay. in. They ought to make that like a fundraiser at a county fair. We have Lindsey, you know, the dunk tanks? Yeah. And here you have, you have yep. to hit Lindsey in the testicles with a ball. I like just, that you're assuming he has them. He does have them. Just, you think uh, so? He only takes them out for special occasions. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? Hi, guys. Uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I like you. I'm, I'm glad you found out Monroe Martin was on that show because I forgot. He's, he's phenomenal. <laughs> Nobody knew that till right now. <laughs> well, you were smart enough. That's why you are a number one producer. And I, am, I am a lowly comedian. Oh my god, that is hilarious! No, Monroe Ooh. Martin is is fucking hilarious. Is he hosting? All right, how many times are you gonna say he's hilarious, John? <laughs> he's fucking hilarious. I man. gotta fucking follow him. All right, you gonna tell me he's hilarious? Is it? Uh, is who's uh, who's hosting and who's middle? Mike Gaffney's hosting. It's a triple uh, headliner show. Reach, can I tell you something? No disrespect to Mike Gaffney, but that makes a lot of sense. Monroe, because I was like, Monroe is like a monster right now. Again um, with the monster. <laughs> Do I hear one sentence that says Julia Scotty monster? No, but that's why you're here and Monroe's not. You're 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 obviously who you are. I mean, you're the you're, you're the in another because I was available. I was available. <laughs> no, you're because Shelly Fabre had get her nails done today. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's coming on. Um, I don't remember when. Let me see. What do we I got know. Here? The you're 15th. supposed to have me on that show with her. 15th. You can come on. I don't give a shit. Oh, no. Oh, thanks again. If my Resounding. real Martin was coming on, you'd really, you'd be like publicizing it all over the. I say things very, I, I, what I meant was uh, you're always welcome. I, I don't, I don't, huh. I normally, listen, if you were anybody else, I'd be like, that's nice that you want to come on, but no. Uh, <laughs> I don't like a lot of people, Julia. You know that. I know. I love you, Johnny. You know I love, I love you too. You. Yeah. This, 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 see, the thing is, is, and people don't know this, but when you're both headliners, it's hard. We don't get to work together anymore. I opened okay. for you once a long time ago, and then that was it. And now we don't and see each other. And I said never again. And she said, <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I would like, we don't, we don't see each other unless it's for breakfast, which we haven't gone to in a while. We should do. I was there this morning. I went to Sandy's this That's morning. That's a great place. I love that place. Yeah, yeah, nice people. You know what? It's like my, my, since I don't drink, it's my cheers. Everybody knows <laughs> nice. my name in there. I walk they do. In. 
Yeah, they're going there. I spend enough money in there. They ought to know my name. They ought to name a booth after me. <laughs> I, you know what? When we go back in there, I'll bring it up. That way it doesn't look like you really want it. I think it would be even better if we just print up the tag and put it on the booth, on the edge of the booth. <laughs> Nobody alone did it. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask for permission, only forgiveness. I, I, it's funny I just go in there with a the drill like. <laughs> 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 yeah, she'll have, she'll have the eggs over easy. <laughs> well, sometimes I'll go in there and people, they kind of recognize me, but they don't know from where. They don't mm. know if I was on like. Like if I was arrested for something or was on the news or something. Because they see them and they look over and they go. <laughs> you know? But I love it there. I love the food there. And they, my, my favorite waitresses in the whole world are there. Have you, are you one of those people, if you recognize a celebrity, do you approach them immediately or do you give them their space? I pretend like I've known them for years because I'm in show business. Yes. Like if I, you know, I would just walk up. I go, it's, a, it's a Julia Scotty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 it, and it's amazing because we live in a bit. We're in a business full of bullshit. It's just oh, totally. It's a bullshit, and they're going, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, yeah, yeah. I can yeah, tell you, you off remember. air. I can't tell you on air, but I can tell you okay. off air what the deal is. But basically, there's somebody that we both know who uh, just thinks I was on their program that they used to have, and I never corrected them. <laughs> And Ooh. every introduction is, we know him from the old show. And I'm like, no, you do not. Uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, the late, great Kevin Meany, who I who I adored, and we were really close friends. But the first time I connected with him, as Julia, uh, I, I had only worked with him once before, and that was back in the 80s. as Rick, right. And, and um, I saw him, we were down at the Candlelight Theater in Delaware, and I, I was down in the green room, dressing rooms, and uh, I was like, Kevin, Kevin, she's, I did the same thing. Remember, yeah, Jimmy's Comedy Alley. Remember, yeah, yeah. He goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, you don't remember me, do you? He goes, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. That's awesome. It is nice. Like I like that. It's kind of like you all, you all kind of know you're bullshitting each other when you're in the back of the room or doing whatever, because it's just like you know, is it really gonna hurt anybody to go like we meet so many people? I don't fuck it. I remember your jokes. I don't remember your face or your name. Well, I, I get fans that come up like that, and it's uh, and and uh, I don't, I know their faces, and they know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I know them from uh, Facebook because they, you know you get to know these people, and they they tell you they're coming, and I and some people come like four, five, six times. You get to know them personally after a while, mm -hmm. but I can't remember everybody's name, you know. But I yeah. do know, and I'll say it to them. I said, "Look, I'm I'm sorry. I know if you tell me your name, and then they tell me their name, and I go." Yes, of course I know you, and I do. Yeah, yeah. What's your name, John? <laughs> <laughs> I I actually I went to a friend's sorority thing back in the day, like when we were in college or whatever. And I don't know, I was just being friendly. Everybody was talking to each other, and one of her friends walked up to me, and she was like, "Hey!" And then I was like, "Oh, good seeing you again." And she was like, "We've never met." And I realized I'd only <laughs> seen I'd only seen her in my friend's Facebook photos, but because you know everybody used to post so often back then, yeah. It was just. Where did I you didn't go want... to college? Where'd you go to college? I didn't. I went to um, uh, Brookdale for like a year, and then well, that's dropped a college. Out. It is. It is. But it, nobody gives a shit about it. And or no, but it's a college. That, that is true. Yeah. yeah. But I but I went for a year and then dropped out to do stand up. Um, um, well, I waited till I was fifty to go to college. So you know. Wow. Did you really? I did. I graduated at at age fifty. How'd you like it? Oh, it was great. I, yeah. I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. So I, 
I, I always felt cheated and, you know, as a young person all my life, I, I, I always felt cheated that I didn't go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went back, I was, I think, 47 when I went back. And wow. I worked my ass off. I went nights. I went, I went to an all girls Catholic college that was co ed at night. Wow. Look how I turned out. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was my final. <laughs> you know, what, why um, did you but, choose an all girls Catholic college at 47? Um, because, the, well, they have a great teaching program. Oh, okay. And so I, uh, I specifically went to be a teacher. And it was nice. close. You know, it was close. Yeah. It was in like, uh, 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 Georgian Court University, and uh, I'm a proud alumnus. Wow, alumnus? that's fucking awesome. Yeah, Georgian but... Court, my friend went to Georgian yeah. Court. It's a nice place. That was the benefit of, by the way, I don't know, uh, not going to, uh, dropping out after a year, because when I started doing stand-up and I was doing colleges and stuff, I just went and hung out at my friend's colleges. Like, I got to I got to go you to every... experience without the responsibility. Yeah, exactly. I can, I can tell you, like, seven, eight different campuses off the top of... <laughs> Without, without ever having yeah, a for a while, they put John's picture up. Don't let him in. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, it's kind of funny because some of those, you know, some especially the classes at Rutgers, like three hundred people in the fucking room. Uh, yeah, that you that's could just a... sit in, and no one oh, would yeah. know. Yeah, I, you could even get online for graduation, and and if they don't have your name, you just they just say, "Well, you have to." They just get a diploma. Oh. Yeah. They're like, oh, what the sorry, most buddy. interesting part was I had to go back and have all my records changed after, you know, after the event. Right. Uh, you know, because they had my old name on there. Where, um, where'd you go to high school? Well, I went to I went to two different high schools. I went to, uh, uh, did the first two years at uh, Cliffside Park up in North Jersey, where I'm from. Okay. And yeah. then... Um, my at that time, do you have time for this story? Of course, we have time for a long story, John. Well, I... <laughs> all right, let it's me give you the whole story. Just you. just sit back, relax. This will only take a couple of minutes. Oh, huh? <laughs> okay, so I, I I lived in Cliffside Park. I loved Cliffside Park, and at that time, uh, the town of Palisades Park did not have a high school, Ooh. and so they would bus the kids from Palisades Park up to Cliffside Park, and they would that's where they graduated from. But Palisades Park was building a high school and it was open. It was just about to open right. in the year, in my senior year, actually my junior year. Okay. So it opened in my junior year. So we moved from Cliffside Park to Palisades Park, a move that I did not want to do. But my mother, being insane, uh, kind of said, you know, we're going. But I, being a, a stubborn asshole, I would walk. I, and I'm not making this up. It's about, I guess, five miles up wow. a hill. I literally did that. Yes, I walked <laughs> every day from Palisades <clears throat> Park to Cliffside for like I don't know most of the school year. Okay, and then one day I get a call to the principal's office. Now I was always getting called down there for one infraction or another, uh, um, fighting. But, well, this time the principal of Palisades Park High School was sitting in the for my principal's office, oh. and he, you know they introduced me to him, and I'm going. And me, I was a, I was a wise ass. I'm like, hey, what's happening? You know, <laughs> go sit down. I, I don't want, look. I know what this is about. I, I don't want to go to your, your stinking high school. <laughs> I really was a nasty kid, a problem child, they might say. <laughs> and he's going, well, it's a beautiful place. We have la la la. I don't want to go. Right. I the Cliffside Fairview, my hometown. I don't want to go. <laughs> All right. 
So he said, well, let's just, uh, let's take a ride down. Take a look at it. Mm -hmm. Now, being a wise ass, I'm like, oh, good. I get out of school. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, the cars. So I get, we, I walk out with him. He's got a Mercedes, you know, diesel. But I was like, what the fuck? Why is it diesel? <laughs> <laughs> so we drive to Palisades Park High School. And it really is a nice high school. And I walk in. He goes, isn't this lovely? I go, yeah. Now, uh, can we go home? Can I go home now? He goes, no, 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 no. Here, just, they take me to the office. They, he goes, hold out your hand. They give me books. They had all this whole schedule printed out. And, mm. and I was in. The next thing I knew, I was in. I'm like, you son of a bitch. His wow. name was George Pasciano. Yeah. Did not like him. Did not like him. Wow. That's how it happened. Aren't you sorry you asked that question? No, that's <laughs> riveting. No. That's fucking fascinating. Because I, I wanted to switch high schools, and they wouldn't let me. I lived, uh, I don't know if you had the same thing, you know, when we had three sister schools in Tom's River, New Jersey. So it was North, East, and South. Yeah. And the dividing line between who went where was, I don't know who fucking drew this shit, but it's like they went with a crayon and it didn't matter where you lived. So they, um, so I lived closer to high school East, right? Cause we all went to the same intermediate school. So from like seventh to eighth grade, we went to the same school. It was intermediate East. And then they split us up between the three high schools. It doesn't even make sense to me. Why would no. they have an intermediate school that fits everybody and then be like, uh, yeah, all the rich now. kids went to north. Uh, all the poor kids went to south. And the middle, right in the middle was east. And I lived closer to east than south. But because of the dividing line, I lived uh, uh, on the other side of 37. I had to go to south. But all my friends went to north and east. I didn't know. Was that in South up. Tom's River? Is that where it was? Where is yeah. It? Yeah. It's in oh, South Tom's River. Area, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I had to go to South my first year and we tried to get, we wrote to Ritako at the time, the guy who got busted by the fucking FBI. And we're like, my, my parents were like, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. We'd like to have him transferred over to East. And he fucking was like, no, absolutely not. Cut to, I'm on the bus to go to my high school South. One of the girls stabs another girl on the bus. A week goes by. And we go, hey, what happened to Sam? And they go, she got transferred to East. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, well, all Sam I had to was do... the girl who got stabbed? No, Sam was the girl who did the stabbing. Uh, and I was just like, all I had to do was stab somebody to get transferred <laughs> to another fucking high school. Like, I wrote a, we wrote a letter. We were nice. But yeah. So she, she went. Wow. To, yeah, she got, she got transferred to East. And uh, yeah, I, yeah. I did. I mean, the, the, the Paul Park was okay. I graduated from there and I'm going to the reunion. In, the, in, oh. in September, so uh, how do you feel about that? What 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 do you like that kind of shit? Well, most first of all, most of my class is dead, so they have like it's a combined, <laughs> you know, it's a combined reunion. And uh, uh, how do I feel about it? Well, I went to the tenth, and then I when I transitioned, I didn't want to go because you know they give you the picture card with what you look your yearbook picture oh what you used like. to look like yeah and i don't want somebody coming up and go you know you haven't changed a bit I'm like fucking <laughs> oh, yeah. you knew that was gonna happen yeah <laughs> so, yeah um you know I, I but that was 20 something years ago and i you know i'm like would right. you perform if they were like if if they were like knowing who you are now and they wanted you to perform at your reunion would you do it no they know, got right? me to do it at the 10th reunion. I think oh. that's why I never went back. How'd it go? It went fine. I was brand new. I was a I was a baby comic. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know. Uh, but now I I'm always big, think about oh, that. I don't need to do this shit. You know? No, you don't need to do it. <laughs> you don't need to prove anything to anybody. <laughs> Fuck them. 
I have um, a question. Do, so now, all right. So post transition, because I yeah. feel like this with some memories. Do you sometimes put yourself in your old memories as Julia Scotty? Like, or, 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 is there a divide in your head? It's funny because I dream. Mm -hmm. There are times in my dreams that I'm not. I'm Rick, and then at times and I'm Julia. Uh, it all depends on what period of my life the dream is. Hmm. Isn't that weird? That's no, no that's crazy. That's that makes awesome. sense. That totally yeah. makes sense. <clears throat> like if I dream about my dad, and I do, you know, uh, it's always with me. I'm always seven years old or nine years old or whatever. Yeah. And we're always, you know, he's always there, and uh, mm -hmm. um, and he never knew me as Julia. So, uh, oh. so yeah. it's yeah. It's it's a weird. Thanks, a good question. Thanks. Oh, my pleasure. I find it interesting because I feel like you know how like even sometimes like when you're in a relationship and you're the person you're with is so dominant in your head that you'll have memory of like mm. being with that person in a different situation, but it's not actually. It's your mind like changing it to form too. So I would think because you made that complete transition, does your mind just push it into that? I find that I find that really like a. Interesting dynamic, right? The way they have well, the dream you... away I get from it. Uh, <clears throat> now it's twenty. What is it? Twenty-two years now. Wow. Well, it'll be yeah. twenty years since you know the actual uh, event. But I okay. started the transition <laughs> yeah. uh, tw twenty-two years ago. So I really have no connection to him. Uh, <clears throat> I know I see the movie, and I know that was me. Mm. Uh, yeah. And you know, and, and for good or for bad, he he just. He's a stranger to me. He was a stranger to me when I was living as him. Mm. That's um, very interesting. That's yeah. really fascinating just because I think it's a good example of how people change from day to day, month to month, year to year. Like I had recently started a, a like a private Instagram account for me and my friends um, for photos that we've had when we were young. You know what I mean? We've all known each other for like over 20 something years and all the photos, most of the photos we have are digital. Nobody looks at, you know, nobody has an album or anything like that. You know what I mean? So I, I was like, you, yeah, but I mean, like, no, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> none of my, you know, but I was like, you know, let me put them all somewhere. And I was posting photos from when we were super young and people we had dated and all this other shit. And one of my friends was like, yeah, isn't it awkward to, to post pictures of you and like an ex or something like that? And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not Thanos. I'm not going to fucking snap her out of the timeline because, you know, whatever. But at the same time, too, I was like, I don't have any connection to that anymore. I don't I remember that kid. I remember when I was like, you know, eight, 17, 18 years old. But I don't I, I it's a completely different person to me. Yeah, it, it's the same. It's almost like a twin, the twin that died, you know, in my case. I, in your case, I've yeah. been asked in interviews, uh, do I mind when people bring up my dead name? That's what we call. Oh, yeah, yeah. Names. And I That's and I say, you know, some people do. Some people get very sensitive <laughs> to that and. Uh, I I'm a, I get upset if people do it maliciously. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I've said a hundred times in a hundred interviews, uh, you don't have to be you know uh, Magnum PI to find out what my my original name was. Right. I'm in a public position, I'm you know I, I'm all over the internet, so if I don't. Anybody's really, wondering. I her original name was Francis. That's no, right. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I've it's, seen uh, you know, and and I'm not I'm not uh, ashamed of uh, who I was. I I just didn't like being that person. I was not comfortable in that skin and that mm -hmm. persona and that soul. That wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. And you you're one of the most well adjusted. Sorry, 
I was just going to ask, uh, because we were touching on social media a bit, too. I know you had a little bit of a problem with, like, people being too aggressively, like, in your DMs and private messages, and you turned away from it. But do you think that's because they, like, certain people will associate with you so much, like, you're an inspiration to them because they're going through that type of transitional period? Yeah, I, I have, I, mm. I, I know that I do this, and I know that I'm like this. I, I'm a very... I'm a very open person. I mean, if you want to get to know me, you can get to know me just, you know, to a, to a point. Yeah. And some people, what they see on, on, on you know, uh, on, the, on the internet, they think that's me. And it's part of who I am. Yeah. But I'm a very private person by nature. And I just, uh, I don't, uh, I'm not a real social person. I know it sounds stupid and crazy, but I just not me. No, I mean, that's respectable. I mean, that's <clears throat> I know people who are like that, who are really, really outgoing when they need to be. And then every yeah. other day they are, you know, they're fine just chilling by themselves, reading a book, not talking to anybody for a week or so. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm uh, I have very close friends like you, like Johnny, you're one of them. I mean, I feel really, you know, how many Same. times I've called you just to annoy the shit out of you. And it's just <laughs> but I know I can do that because yeah. I love you. I mean, I. Same. Uh, and I have a few people like that in my life. And yeah. And those are the people I want. I don't want any like, you know, Tom, Tom and Jenny is like that. I love Tom to death. Yeah. Kathy Caldwell, uh, people like that. You know. Is it, but it, it, do you think, because people always say as you, you know, as you get older, your, your circle gets smaller, but purposely because you're just like, hey, you know what? I don't fucking need excess bullshit in my life. And not for any malicious reason either. Just like, People fade out, you know, people yeah. don't fit in the circle anymore. It's not like a, you're you're eliminating people like you would Facebook friends. But you're just like, hey, you know what? These are the five people that I, you know, cling to or talk to or whatever. I think we use the term friend too loosely yeah. when we're younger. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this is my close friend. And really, how close are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's right. But there are people in my life that I I I, I would love to hang out with anytime. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I'm sorry. You, okay. Hey, I, have a, I have a question for you, and I, I, this could yeah. just be that it comes with experience because you've you've you know you lived uh, a life <laughs> as as Rick already, and then you you know you became Julia. But right. you seem to me to be one of the happiest people I know <laughs> who's gone through a transition, well adjusted. Um, and you know, like you found your, I feel like you found yourself and, and you're good. Do you see other people struggling with it? And you're like, man, I could, I could really help you narrow that down. Or do you tend to stay? You mean other trans people or just, yeah, yeah. People? Do you see other people kind of trying to figure it out and you're like, oh, I've got like a thing. Or do you just go, Hey, this is just, this worked out for me and it's natural for me. And, and that's, that's why I am who I am. I, I, I don't like to give advice unless it's asked for. I'm not mm -hmm. that kind of a person. I mean, if you want me, if you want it, if you, I'll be there for you. Sure. And I'll, and if I had a similar experience, I will tell you how I handled it, whether mm -hmm. it's right for you or not, it's, it's entirely up to you. But in answer to your question, from the second, I mean, literally like that, it was uh, from the second I realized what the issue was in my life, I was happy. I was. Nice. I, I there's a third eye that we all have, and you and the chakras here, and this yeah. one right here, there was it was just a black hole for most of my life, and again, literally the second I I understood who I was, mm. I could feel I could see the light starting to grow inside, 
and and I'm at more than being happy. I'm at peace. Nice. That's well. But see that like exudes from you though. Like even when we're just hanging out, as I've gotten to know you, you have a very calming presence. Thank you. Yeah, and it's nice. It's it's it's, you know, I feel like we're around a lot of uh, interesting people as comedians. You know what I mean? Like comics or whatever. But it's it's so kind of uh, refreshing when you're around somebody who's just like centered, knows themselves, you know, and it's it's interesting because we're around maniacs most of the time. We are. <laughs> we are. Yeah. Uh, I, I love to observe. So for me, if you take me to a party, I will not be the life of the party. As some people we know are, mm-hmm. I will go sit in the corner and watch the goings on. Yeah. And then go home and write about it, you know. Nice. Because that's how we are reporters as comics, yeah. you know. And, Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's what I do. After the documentary and everything came out, because I, I know I know your stand-up pretty well. I don't I don't, you know, it's aside from you're one of the few people I know. I think I've told you this in person too, but you do work on material and you do write like all the time. Exactly. And there's only a few of uh, like there's people from your generation doing stand-up who we both know and i won't drop any names but like you know who have not written a goddamn new joke in 30 years and but they but you i know i always admire that because you fucking love it you work on your shit you you're constantly coming up with new stuff but do you ever think about maybe doing um not stand up but doing a one woman show based off of this kind of thing well i'm i'm my goal it's not a one woman show in terms of a narrative play, mm-hmm. but the, the in, um, I, I'd love to do, you know, hour, hour and a half shows of where I, of just material where I could, I can really expand what I'm talking about. Like right now I'm working on a, <clears throat> a piece about religion and mm-hmm. um, I don't know where I can do it. Uh, <laughs> really? Why? Uh, because it's an extended piece. It's part of something else. Oh. So, like the stuff on the new album, is kind of a was kind of a next level piece, uh, next level adventure for me, sure. because the pieces are longer. Right. Uh, in fact, they're longer than even what made it onto the album. They were they were pared down, mm-hmm. uh, and I knew that was going to happen because they needed for uh, airplay. So they need to cut. I think the longest piece on the album is something like four minutes, four wow. or twenty or something like that. But even for even for radio, that's long. You know. Sure. Yeah, but that's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for now. I want to. Um, uh, so the answer to your question is, I'd like to do concerts as opposed to yeah uh, having maybe I'll have an opening act do five minutes or so. With we're also talking to Christine Martucci, the guitar, the singer, songwriter. Mm-hmm. Or, you know who she is. <laughs> uh, and we're we, uh, she and I are planning to do some dates coming up as soon as we can work out the logistics nice. of it. Uh, I like to add music back into into uh, the shows because I'm, you know, so I was a musician originally. Yeah. What 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 did you play? I was a drummer. I started out as a drummer. Get the fuck out of here! How <laughs> did I, I not a, know? God, I was is... a jazz drummer for many many years. All the drummers we've had on this show, you never told me that you used to drum. We had Stuart Copeland on uh, a couple. Of days I saw ago. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I. It's been years. I mean, I can't play anymore because of the arthritis, but I can I can still play conga. So I'm, I'm you know, oh, you man. put me uh, you put me in like a Santana cover band. I'm gonna rock the motherfucker. I that happened to me. I was I can't tell you the story, right? I was over at Seaside with a friend of mine one off season, right? And we went to see a friend of ours band, a good band, right? 
Yeah. I won't I don't I can't mention the name of it, but um so she said to me, Do you want to sit in with them? I go, I'd love to sit in on Congress, right? Mm -hmm. So that you know, I mean look at me, right? Do I look like a rock and roller? So she goes up and and, and says to the guy, Can she go up and play? And he makes the face like <laughs> and so my friend says, No, she she can play, really. Mm -hmm. So they bring me up <laughs> and he goes, What do you want to play? I go, I don't know. How about Oye Komova? I mm. think he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so um, he, you know, the opening chords that I don't know what the chords are, but it's like bam, 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 bam. So, and I just fucking jump in. The place goes babe shit. You <laughs> me like it. <laughs> I love, I love doing that with people. I That's love fucking awesome. Awesome. You got to so jump hard, on yeah. stage with Justin. Yeah, Justin and I have done stuff. Well, when we had the. Um, uh, the comedy test kitchen. We do. We always had. We always played together. Yeah. See, this is what I mean. I feel like yeah. there should be a, a a weekly gathering of just us, all of us, just doing some fucking shenanigans, no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's just to entertain us, like, why not? I would love to bring the test kitchen back to Philly. I. That's where when I I was I, had no intentions. Do you know what that was? No. Oh, it was Julia Scotty's comedy test kitchen. Chris Rich and I. I love Chris Rich. Um, yeah, Chris. Yeah, we we found that. Well, I found this place on on South Second Street in Philly. Mm -hmm. And uh, what the intention was was to open up a, a sort of a cabaret style. Originally, what the improv was, where people oh. artists would come after work, or you know, come comics would come in to try out new stuff and and develop, you know, mm -hmm. or sing, whatever you, whatever your talent was, just come in and do it. Let's have some fun. Yeah. And we found this place, and it was great. We had six months worth of uh, just blast. And Justin, that's how I met Justin. Uh -huh. And um, I'd like to do that again. Yeah. If I could find a place, I would. Can we do it anywhere else but Philly? <laughs> Philly's well, we a great area a, for it. <laughs> yeah, we Philly... have to do it in a place where, the, you know, there was, the talent is around, you know. Oh, True. You know, I wanted, uh, you know, I wanted like, you know, the, the, the people who were in the theatrical shows to come afterwards and right. like they used to do in New York, you know, in the improv. <clears throat> that's how the improv started. Yeah. All the Broadway singers and dancers on Monday nights and stuff or would come after their shows and, and do like their a, thing, you know. There's like a great photo of like Bette Midler at the improv. Yeah. And um, oh my God, it was the weirdest. I don't know if it was maybe, I don't think it was Bruce Willis. It might have been. But it was like the weirdest table because only the, you know, celebrities can only hang out with other celebrities. You know what I mean? And what they weren't even like celebrity celebrities at the time. They were they were still kind of big. Right. But like, you know, you're going to the improv and you can't sit them with regular people. So whoever's showing up, it was like it was it had to be like the weirdest combination. I can't remember. It was like Bette Midler. Um, you know, I don't know, Zazu Pit, you know what I mean? But like, it was like, like, it was like the weird, you would be like, why are they sitting there? And then you're like, oh, they can't sit with normal people. So they have to shove them. Why not? You, know, you can't have, because you, because you can't have, uh, you, you don't want us mixing with the regulars. Oh, we um, had the old, in, in the original improv, uh, the, I don't know if you ever were in there. You might be too young. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. Yeah. I was, okay. Before so the bar, were, when you walk yeah. in, there was a bar and the bar yeah. was, was where everything happened. Right. But mm. I remember, like Danny Aiello used to work there, yeah, uh, as a bouncer at one point. But he used to come in and just just hang out all night and hold court with us, and had his laugh in our eyes. His son worked there. His son was a uh, was a bouncer, you know, tried stand up comedy, and 
Thomas. I mean, Judy Carn used to come in and. Um, oh wow. Yeah, uh, Madeline Kahn. You know, I mean. Oh my! I wow. fucking love Madeline Kahn. Oh, she was wonderful. Yeah. And just. Uh, uh, What's up, Doc? It, it and, was uh, a, But they were hung out at the bar, just like you know, everybody else. Yeah. 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 I mean, hanging out with the staff is one thing. I'm saying they can't, couldn't hang out in the audience. I mean, I wouldn't go in and hang out in an audience for a comedy club anyway. Yeah. I mean, the only time I, like at the Improv or Dangerfields or Catch or any of those places, I would go in the back of the room if somebody was on that I wanted to watch. Right. You know. Anybody um, you saw back then before they were big and were like, holy shit, like this is yeah, going to be. Yeah, pick one. You know, I mean, it could, it could just go down anybody. the list. Yeah. Well, I came out of the class of. Uh, just the uh, Seinfeld, that group was in the class just before me, but they were already going up the ladder when I mm -hmm. got in. Now, we got in in 1980 and Seinfeld, uh, like Eddie, Eddie Murphy, I knew yeah. well, and, uh, and people like that. We all knew each other, it was just that they were closer to each other than I was to them because they had already been in it for a while, so right, yeah. yeah. But Rob Bartlett's a perfect example of that. I mean, I, yeah, uh, I met Rob. Almost at the beginning of my career. Wow. And uh, always a nice, always nice. And always yeah. one of my, always one of my comedy idols. I, he, he's one of those people I would go in the back of the room and watch. I wow. don't watch anymore now because I don't want to be influenced. Right. You know? Gotcha. Uh, unless, are, and if it, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say people are constantly surprised that comedians, that my friends are always the same thing. Oh, did you see so-and-so special? And I'll be like, unless it's somebody huge, like a Chappelle or like, you know, some like a sign like Seinfeld, I'll always watch because it, that that kind of thing or whatever. But I don't like to watch anybody else's shit. The only one I think I would watch is is Mulaney. I just oh, John Mulaney. Yeah. I absolutely adore John Mulaney. I there's something about him that hilarious. He's one of those people who just makes me laugh looking at him. You know, he's yeah. just because he's got that mischief in his eyes, you know, and he's got a bit of like a, a bizarre transatlantic accent. Which I don't know where yeah. the fuck he would have gotten it from. You, you, you almost expect him to be like, you know, two bushels well, in a cornfield, and a, you know, like I, I don't know what. Where is he from? Know. Is he from Boston originally? Um, I think he is. Yeah, I think he is from Boston. Oh, okay. Boston? I, I love him. I absolutely adore him. So yeah, no, he's uh, great. He's the only one. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I like uh, who's somebody else that I just I like Maria Bamford. I like watching because we're too different. Like if there's if they're really way too different, you know what I mean? I don't mind doing that kind of shit either. Yeah, she's a. We had Maria on. Uh, Carol Montgomery and I did a podcast. We had Maria on. Oh, you did? Uh, we, we spent like an hour with her. She was, she's a really sweet. She's, you know, a yeah. nice person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Was there um, anybody you were heavily influenced by? Oh, sure. Uh, going back to when I was about seven, I could give you a list of people. All men, well, 99% were men mm. because it was a male dominated, you know. Sure. Yeah. You want you want some of the people? Yeah, yeah. Names. Okay, all right. Let's go back to child. Lucastello, uh, but Abbott too. By the way, Laurel and Hardy. Uh, going mm -hmm. back to that, uh, Alan King. Alan King. Uh, Have you ever met him? Uh, no, no. I, yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, uh, Mom's Mabley for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Scoey Mitchell, who just died. I love Scoey. Do you know who he is? No. no, not a lot of footage on him, but he was a good comic. Woody Allen was primary. Oh, phenomenal. Um, behind me, you can see, I don't know if you can see Gene Shepard. Um, oh, yeah. But big, huge, huge influence. Uh, you know, on the usual suspects, Pryor, Carlin, 
Robert Klein. Uh, I was going to say, so, because yeah. I'm going to ask Robert when he gets on if, what he if thinks. If he knows me? If I influence No, no, no. Yeah. yeah. No. You know. <laughs> um, uh, like, I because we've had a couple people on, uh, Richard Zoglin being one of them. Richard Zoglin wrote the book Comedy at the Edge, and he was around the stand-up scene in the 70s and 80s, right? Um, but he's did this extensive book on it. So fucking good. But he basically did another one about Bob Hope because he considers Bob Hope to be the first standout. I know a lot of people that disagree with that. Um, I would I would disagree with that. Too. I would disagree with it too. I don't think he was, uh, you know. But I think Robert Klein, at the very least, is the the modern observational comic. Wrote his own material, and I think a lot of people kind of bounced off. He, of that. Yeah, a lot of people give. Alan King being the genesis of the modern monologist because his, mm -hmm. his material was not my wife is so fat, you know, kind of right. stuff. And, 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 but it was still Borscht Belty enough that he could sell it, you know, in the mountains or yeah. in Vegas. And he didn't write his own stuff, did he? I, I think he did. You know, oh. I, I can't swear to that. Okay. Um, but then um, Robert Klein came along and he added hipness to it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's what made him that bridge between the old school, the you know the old Alan King school, and the new you know observational comic. He really was a pivotal comic in that in, in our history. Yeah, right. I, I have great admiration for Robert Klein. Yeah, Rich Scheidner. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say Rich Scheidner thinks Artemis Ward, like he's he said, would the original like the the original stand up comic. I'm not familiar with Artemis Ward, so I can't. I can't. I he, wasn't he a vaudeville guy? I think he was pre like Mark Twain days. Okay. Oh well, that may be. Yeah. Uh, and then it Mark broke. Twain actually was uh, was probably the original monologist too. One of the original yeah. monologists. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, brilliantly funny, of course. Did you ever want to? I mean, what what was your goal when you started in the beginning? Was it strictly stand up, or did you want a sitcom talk show? Like, what was the because it had to be not it had to be hard not to be influenced by everybody getting handed sitcoms like they were diplomas back then. It was. It, believe me, I, I. That's a really good question. There was a point in my life where I did want that, and I, uh, for that very reason, everybody was doing Carson. Everybody was doing getting up a special. Everybody was doing HBO except for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I went up for, I never got. Uh. And I, and I, I had, it makes you step back and go, well, what is it that you really want? And I, what I really ever, all I ever really wanted was to make people laugh and be a good comic. Mm -hmm. And, and now it's funny after the, the 10 year layoff and after almost dying with the heart issue and coming back, right? I realized that all I want. I never, I never looked for fame in this second roll around, and yet it's happening. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the big. I'm the. I'm more surprised than anybody else that that what's happened, mm -hmm. uh, including AGT. I never. It's not something I ever would have gone after. Right. So I think when you when you stop chasing it, it catches you. Mm. You know. I agree uh, with that. Yeah. You get. You have to remind yourself why you became a comic, or why you became an actor, or why you became a singer for the yeah. love of the art. Did you? Would you consider? Did you ever take you a long time to? Not that you ever were, because I don't know if you were. But you know, a lot of our peers are super bitter. 
so did you have to shake that off or were you just not that not inclined to be like that? I, I went through a period early on with a particular comic mm -hmm. who I, uh, I, for some reason I latched up, I latched my bitterness Ooh. to that oh, person. You gotta know career. who it is. Huh? I gotta know who it is. You can say it afterward. I, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I just, every time I saw this comic, I was like, <laughs> and after a while it starts to eat you up and after yeah. a while you have to go you know what good good for that person right it was that person's time right if there's a time for me oh i'll, I'll get a time yeah and now it is yeah and now it's my time yeah. the advantage to being successful in my age late in life is that uh my audience doesn't have to watch me get old I'm <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm talking great. about? Like you see young Carlin or young yep. Cryer, and you go, "Man, those guys are on fire!" And you see me, <laughs> yeah. Sad. I look this way you know, for the last ten years. That's all. That's people hilarious. Know. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna fight it every step of the way. Well, you're still young enough, Johnny. That's why. I mean, you know, no, you I, want to, you know, you got the whole thing going for you. That the, you know, the whole look. Thanks. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's all happening. But uh, can you, you talk can... about the the movie that you're in, or no, not yet? Which movie? Uh, oh, I, the... oh, 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 no, the well, two, no, yeah. the documentary well, or the no, or no, the, no, the no. no, the actual movie, the movie that you're in. Oh, okay, yeah, I can talk about that. Sure. Oh, good. Uh, I had a, I had, I call it a cameo. I have three lines, but I call it a cameo. It's a cameo. It, three lines. It's a cameo. Yeah. Yeah. It's Billy Eichler's uh, movie Bros. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a scene with him uh, in a movie theater. Uh, and um, if that is if they don't cut it out, if they talk about it here. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of cool because it's the first. Big budget. It's Judd Apatow produced Universal Studios' first gay rom com where the cast is entirely LGBT. Everybody. Nice. I play my character is described as straight older woman. <laughs> so, you know, he, uh, good for him. He's just busting, you know, stereotypes all over the place. He's yeah. showing that, you know, we can play anything mm -hmm. and have. And yeah, I can lie to you. Guy. When I first met you, Julia, I had no idea. I had no idea that there was a Rick prior to you, which is the funny part, right? We met on hey, Justin's, that's... yeah, on that's Justin's right. Marathon. I uh, it's where did that happen? Just the other night, I was in New Hope, and uh, there was a group of guys, gay guys, at the ta one of the tables, and I do this whole, I do a whole chunk on being trans, and and, and one of them was like, "What? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, so." So it's kind of cool. I, um, I'm lucky. I'm yeah. I transitioned, you know. Yeah, it. I, I same thing. Any of my friends be. are just like, I didn't know she was trans, and I'm like, yeah, absolutely. My favorite is when my son in the movie in Julie Scotty Funny that was talking about how I went to his open mic, <laughs> you know? and I did some time. I did some material, and all his friends are like, "Who is that woman?" And he's like, "Oh, that's my dad." <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. I love that kid. He's just great. You okay, know what we're yeah. doing? I got to tell you this. Uh, my son's name is Dan, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, I missed a lot of the years with him. You know when all this was happening, 
And so I, the, the, we always loved, we shared a love of baseball, he and I. And, and so I, um, I took him to his first Yankee game when he was like eight, you know, seven mm-hmm. or eight years old. And that was wonderful. And I always wanted to take him to Cooperstown. And so we're going uh, to Cooperstown in a couple of weeks. Okay. I am so fucking nice. excited. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you know what? It's all come, it's all come around. That's awesome. Universe is amazing. Yeah. It is I'm amazing. I'm telling you. It is not. I love. It's lovely to see somebody that I know personally be like so fucking centered and happy and just chill. You know, when you let go, you let the universe take care. You know, there's a, there's an old expression in in Eastern philosophies. Go, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Hmm. And uh, for me, this transition helped me understand, you know, what that was all about because I was angry about this whole thing when it happened. Right. Uh, because it's like, why me? You know, well, who the fuck are you? Of course, you know, why you? <laughs> so, you know, um, but that, that was a teacher that showed up. And I realized that that's happened my entire life. Teachers have shown up my entire life. Mm. And it happens not just to me. It happens to everybody. You just have to be aware of them when they do yeah. and let them in, you know, and let them teach you. You're great at speaking about it. Have you ever thought of going like and doing actually like motivational speaking or just kind of talking to students and kids? Because there's not a lot of role models. I have. I've been to a couple of schools. I'm available for it. They don't get a tell you, Florida's not calling me. I am. I got I just got booked uh, to go, believe it or not, to Florida, Orlando in, in September. Uh, to do something like that, the speaking engagement. I'm not sure what it's. For. I haven't gotten the details yet, but I know we we lost. You need a bodyguard. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like the way this sounds. I don't know what That's it's for. Uh, this, yeah, I have a, I'm going to Florida with funny women, and then I go to Texas in uh, in June for uh, uh, for the movie. We're going to do a screening of the show, oh, but we're, we're going to be in Austin, so that's okay. That's oh yeah, Austin's yeah. the yeah, fucking yeah. Blue River. Yeah, but. Uh, and yeah, listen, if I don't need to convince people who already are sympathetic to, to trans folks. Yeah, that's true. I need to get out to see the people who can't stand me. Let's do you know, a Red States yeah. tour. Yeah, I I had a woman uh, in Florida a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've told you the story, John. She she came to my um, show. Oh, and, she, and, and I and the next morning I'm at I'm having breakfast in the hotel. She comes over. She goes, I was at your show last night. I go, oh, yeah, Jeff. She goes, no, my husband and I walked out. Uh, he's a bishop. And, yeah. and, you know, and I'm a pastor. I'm like, well, well aren't you special? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so you know, she goes, well, I said, why did you walk out? She goes, because of your lifestyle. You're an abomination before the Lord. Jesus. And I went, well, Jesus Christ. That's what she yeah, yeah, said. Yeah. But she said. So I said, what would Jesus do to myself? Uh, not to my, to myself. You know, I said it to yeah. myself. Yeah. So I invited her to sit down because that's what Jesus would do, wouldn't he? Wow, absolutely. And she she spent an hour with me. She didn't pay for breakfast or anything. <laughs> that's what I was aiming for. But uh, of course. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, and it, what was amazing is she was this black woman. I said, I said, about my age. I said, you know, not for nothing, but. Been, had been the, the victim of a lot of prejudice in this very state yeah. 30, 40 years ago. You wouldn't even be allowed to sit here and have breakfast with me. 
how could you be so adamantly hateful, uh, uh, hateful toward other people who are not like you? Mm-hmm. She had no answer. Wow. You know, and it, I've seen that before, too. So I don't care. I'll go to Florida. I'll go to Texas. I'll go. Yeah. I can. You glanced over it before, but would you mind sharing what that light bulb moment was for you when you were like, Which when you were able bulb? to come to peace? When you what? said, when you realized what it was, then you were able to start coming to peace and the light started to grow. Sure. My, my Kate, uh, who I speak about in the movie, was the one that got me there. I was terribly, terribly unhappy and sad and suicidal. It, see, think about truth, your personal truth. You can only avoid it for so long. Did I just freeze up? You're okay. We can still hear okay. you. Yeah, I'm sure it'll uh, You can only avoid your truth for so long. Sooner or later, it's going to catch up with you. And sooner or later, you're going to have to face it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the point I was getting at. I was getting suicidal. And she, she was a th- she's a therapist, or she was a therapist. And, uh, one night, I had a date with a guy, and he, it just ended horribly. And he broke, he kind of broke my heart, you know, without getting into the detail. I talk about it in the movie, but um, she said, you know, it doesn't sound like you want to love another man. It sounds like you want to be loved like a woman. You mm-hmm. are a woman. That's And I had heard this before from previous wives. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, it, it always came off as a pejorative. This time it didn't. And there was something about the way she said it that it was my road to Damascus burning bush moment, you know? Wow. Uh, that's how clear That's how clear it was. Uh, yeah. and, and so that's how it, you know, from that point on, the light started to grow. Hmm. Wow. That's nice. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah. She was an amazing, she's an amazing human being. Do you remember the first time you were able to joke about it? Um, the first time I was on stage, you mean? Yeah. Um, I, I never joked about it until I came back to stand up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, and privately I could make jokes sure. about it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, but I mean, when I came back, it was with two criteria, uh, one that I would be totally honest, uh, up there, which meant speaking about it. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. other was that I'd be totally fearless about it. And right. it didn't matter where I was. Uh, performing, that's who I am. And if uh, if you didn't like it, what can I tell you? Yeah, yeah fuck it. Go home. Did the joke book? Did your joke, like your act and your set, change? Did it did it die with the previous name, or did you carry some through? I carried one joke over, and that okay. was the joke about that I used on AGT joke about the dead relatives from smoking and all. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I didn't know that joke has carried. That was one of the first jokes I ever wrote. It was like forty years old. That joke. Wow. <laughs> and and I and I did it. Uh, I needed a joke to to fill out fill out the AGT set, and somebody reminded me of the joke, and I said, "Yeah, that's a good joke." <clears throat> so, I, so I did it. It's still kind of it's a funny joke, you know. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as I wrote com- all new material, it was all new. I had to, you know. Was, yeah. Nothing was relevant anymore. That's you, amazing. Yeah. Do you, uh, when we, the Scranton, what was it? Not Scranton. What was the fucking gig in, uh, oh my God, I can't. I'll, I'll, tell, like, you, I'll tell you one quick story while you're sure. thinking. I did a show with Regina DeChico. Mm-hmm. We did it at the Sons oh, and she's Daughters. She's great. I love Regina. But we did it at the Sons and Daughters of Italy because we're both mm-hmm. Italian. So I, 
I go up, and I just stood there dead silent. I looked at the point and went, you know, I'm probably the only person in this room who's been both a son and a daughter of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I opened the show. And Regine, I thought she was gonna, I thought she was gonna collapse from laughter. She was the place went nuts. It was it was uh, you know, but fortunately one and only time I could use that line. That's hilarious. Uh, I was thinking of the gig in Pennsylvania that we did, um, which was uh, Comedy Works, but I can't remember where. That was like the early... In, in Bristol, that's yeah. it. But that was like... Was that one of the first set it of It was games? the first. It was the first? Oh it my God, I can't believe I was with you on the first. That's the play. Chris Rich, again. Yeah. Uh, she came to visit. She came. She we we got together for lunch. I hadn't uh, seen her in a good ten years. Right. And we got together for lunch. And during the course of the lunch, she said to me, "When are you going to come back to comedy?" And I said, "I'm not coming back." And oh, I'm almost sixty years old. I'm not gonna. You know, I haven't done stand up. I do stand up as a trans person. Blah blah blah. blah. Mm -hmm. She goes, "You know, you want to." I said, "Well, yeah. You, you know, you always want to." Right. And it happened that she was working uh, at the at the comedy works, and we both know Kaplan and. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've known Kaplan forever, and uh, she said, "Come down and do a set." So we, you know, Kaplan was nice enough to let me come and do a set. First time I went up, it was it was dicey. You know, they didn't they didn't believe me when I said I was trans. Now I kept going, but I am right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And so, and then I got you know, I finally got laughs toward the end. And as I came off stage, Kaplan walks by. If you know Kaplan, he's very gruff. Oh my god, yeah. And he just goes. He just looks at me as he's walking out the thing. Goes, was oh, that so fucking hard? <laughs> yeah, I tell about scared I was about going up. You know, and Kaplan's a good guy. You know, he's misunderstood in a lot of ways. I love Kaplan. Yeah, he is a very particular. Like he's he, he is. If he likes you, and he's always liked me, and he's a very nice guy. I was um, but he's he's one of those quirky kind of dudes. He goes yes. up and butchers his own show. Yes, I think he's he kind of learned a little bit from that though. Oh God! I you would I think I thought he used to do it despite us. Uh, no, well, we, you know, it became like a running joke after a while. Yeah, you know, Tom, he would go up and do literally at his own club with no material, stay up there for fifteen fucking minutes in the beginning. Announcements, really? Announcements. announcements. Yeah, and then go and you're <laughs> you're like turn your cell phone on <laughs> vibrate. Well, you, you, know, you, can like, you can be like July, and he'd be going. Oh, we're taking re we're taking reservations for New Year's now, and if you want yeah. to get a great New Year's, <laughs> and you'd be like, "Oh my god!" I felt so bad for the MCs who had to go follow that shit. Uh, and there was another time too when I brought. Um, I think we, you know, you, I think you know, you know, Jess Alamo a little bit, right? Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So she is uh, just an, she's an open mic comic, but you know, she never done the road, and I was like, all right. You know, let's have you MC in a in a club, and you know, come down to that. And so I was headlining or whatever. I got her in as an MC. I don't even remember who the hell the feature was. And she just, you know, she just fucking ate it. And I get it. But everybody needs that space to, you know, to to learn. You Kaplan, don't learn unless you eat it. You only learn from your failures. Absolutely. Kaplan fucking lost his shit. I come back, and he's like, "She's." bombing and i go i know she's doing all right she was kind of holding her own you know what i mean and he's like yeah. i told her not to talk to the audience and she was talking to a guy and she's like i'm gonna rip her off stage right now and i was like and i had to physically be like dude like do i think no, i no. was on that show weren't we no on that no, show? It was, no it was no. me no because i was closing the show it was okay. it was 
me and I don't remember who was middling, but you know, she was, I said, I said, dude, I'm like, she's never been anywhere before. I said, you could be one of two things right now. I go, you could be that asshole fucking club owner who leaves a terrible impression on somebody who's never been in a real, I call this club a real club to be generous, but I was like, you know, to a real club before. And I was like, or you could be a guy who fucking, you know, mentor, you know, mentor somebody. And, is a and nice yeah, it's person. unusual because he does mentor a lot of comics. He was, right. You know, and he did talk to her good. afterward, which I feel like she would have preferred getting ripped off stage and told to go home because <laughs> I left and I was like, hey, I'm like, I said, listen, he's going to talk to you and, and, you know, whatever. So just just yes him. Yes. And yes. And yes. And you understand. And he did. It was like him and somebody else. And I think the feature wanted to get booked as a headliner. So he stayed to like nod behind him. And then uh, I left and then she texted me. I have like 35 minutes later where she was like, I'm still here. He's still talking. Wow. <laughs> and I was just like, that I can believe. That I can believe. That's a rough one. Yeah. That I can believe. He was, believe. He was yeah. like, I'm going to But I'll tell you something. Home. He would give you the shirt off his back if you needed it. He, exactly. He's a sweet guy. Yeah. He really is. I, it uh, was just like, you know, I think he didn't like that he had said not to. But if I had listened to every club owner who told me not to talk to the audience, I wouldn't be, you know, uh, as good as I ended it. Like, that was the thing. Club owners used to do that shit all the time because they secretly wanted to become, I don't know. It was a, it was a, it's a weird thing to go through. Jess Gerson told me not to listen to them early on, and I thank her every day for it. it it's a, you have to make it at some point in your career, especially <clears throat> early on, you have to make a decision as to what you will and will not accept. Yeah. And you have to stick to that. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's beneficial and sometimes it hurts you. Yeah. <clears throat> but whatever it is, be, be true to yourself. Mm hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, you have an out, right? I do. I do because of my gig. You guys going to go long or do you want to uh, do the three questions? I'm, a, I'm not going anywhere. I know you got to go, Tom. Yeah, we can keep way. talking. If you want to keep talking, I'm fine with me. Yeah, yeah. If you want to talk, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, let's shoot the fucking shit. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, Good luck with your poker game. I appreciate your gambling that. habit. That's I know, I know. Well, help for that. He's blowing Hopefully through dystopia money like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all over the place, spewed it everywhere. I, mean, I told John we got to go to the Borgata and... together. We'll, we'll try and get that yeah, tomorrow night for you to come Absolutely. for a drink. Yeah, that would yeah, be, be a lot time. of fun. Yeah, we're there. The show, if you come on Sunday, it's like uh, it's at seven o'clock at night. So it's, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah, maybe um, we can do a Sunday thing. Yeah. yeah, but the other shows are all at nine. So nine. Oh, yeah, John's more of a night owl, so we might be better. Off I know he is. I was gonna say nine is. I wake up at about seven, and then nine I look is at some of the breakfast. times he sends me emails, and I'm like, "What's the matter with that kid?" You have no idea. The text messages hit me at like four a.m. in the morning. I, I know. Get a random text, and then sometimes I'm a weirdo that I'll be up and I'll just text him back and go right back to sleep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I get I get him from him every now and then too. He sent me the link. What time of the morning was that? Oh yeah, that was four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like Santa Claus just came. You know? <laughs> John will yeah, eat all I'm your cookies wait. and drink the milk. <laughs> oh man, I, I find I'm so. I got to tell you, Johnny, I'm so happy to see the success of this show. I am. Uh, Thank uh, you. You know, and and I I remember when you started it. Yeah. And um, I was the only person who would come on. <laughs> Everybody else was like. <laughs> I really no. truly am happy that you, you know, this is for both of you, really. Uh, Thank this you. is going so well. And uh, yeah, who would have guessed it, right? 
I know. I agree. Yeah. I mean, right. I was not pl ever planning on sitting at a desk and doing anything ever. No, but we you know what? You're good at it. You're good Thank at you. it. You're both good at it. You know, um, you, appreciate you, that. We definitely need to highlight real of the old, of the first ones because they were all over the place. Uh, oh but you God. know what? The, the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Maybe this is your yeah. You know, this is yeah. the teacher guiding you to where you're supposed to be because I you're think obviously so. you're good at it. You enjoy it. I mean, look at Leno. He still does stand up. You know, yeah. yeah. Um, but he had the you know the talk show thing for years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I and it it is. It's like kind of eye opening because I really do. I really do enjoy it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. I thought I was going to do it for as long as the pandemic was going on. And then I'd go back out to do stand up. And then of course we had to start and stop again, but I love doing this and I, and I enjoy the talking to different people and the booking and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. It's like, a, it's like, you know, when you marry, when you first get married, mm -hmm. uh, you, you know, you kind of go, you know, right after the wedding's over and, and reality sets in that yeah. you're going to have to spend the rest of your life with this person in theory. You yeah. know, there's a point at which you go, what the hell did I do? What did yeah. I do? <laughs> I don't want to be married. And then after a while, you go, oh, all right, okay, it's not so bad. And then you look over at her or him what, one night, and they're sleeping peacefully, and they, you just cuddle up next to them. You go, yeah, okay. That's what you're at now. Ah, I like you that. Face, Johnny. Yeah. I, that's a great analogy. I do that feel like a great that. analogy. I feel yeah. John looking at me when I'm sleeping all the time. I see I you two spooning each other. I, I do it. watch him. Oh, I'm I definitely a little spoon. Spoon definitely. is not even. I'm. I'm mostly. Tom is a ladle, and I am one of those butter <laughs> knives <laughs> that classy people use. <laughs> that's, that's the size. That's the size. You got it, but you can't tell me that. Has Has anybody ever accused you two of being a couple? Um. Yes. Not, not yet. Have they? Wait, no, not not seriously, but you know what's really funny? Who the fuck was it, man? It was a good guest, too. And he was just like, what are you two? A cut? It was, oh, it was Ed Asner. Oh, it was Ed Asner. Yes, he oh, was the one Ed Asner. He was fucking around. I love yeah. him. Oh, he was great. Oh, he, was, he was a lot of fun. I'm, he I'm, was a sweetheart to me. I told you my Ed Asner story. Oh, I know. Right? Yeah, I love yeah. that. And I and I just, I, he always had a special place in my heart. Yeah. Yeah, he's yep. a great he was he's a great guy. He yeah, had a bunch of good stories. It was nice of him to come on. You know, I mean, he was just out of the hospital a few weeks ago, like before he came on and shit. And he just kept his commitment. Came on, great guy, super sharp. Still, he's he a pro. I mean, you know, show business people like that. You can't. You literally have to kill them to the, for them not to make a gig. Yeah, when the light goes on, that's it, dude. I remember. I mean, I'm sure you've had this happen before too. But I had the worst fucking flu of my entire life like five years ago and i was on the road i was going from i was going to michigan to do a gig in michigan i had four shows to do and uh i fucking got the the it was the what was the flu that was really bad one yeah. year that was like killing really healthy people i got it and uh but i had to do the shows and when i was on stage i was firing on all cylinders having a blast doing whatever the minute i got off i was like shivering with like a yeah. cup of tea you know trying to keep it together keep people away from me time to do the There's next only one. been two times in my career where that happened and one of them was and i was in providence rhode island i had pneumonia Ooh. and and i went up and i um i did this show but i what happened was i, I lost my voice so i got on stage i sounded like babe ruth at the last day in yankee stadium it's been a wonderful crowd and i'm sorry i got throat cancer but i'm tired <laughs> and that's how it was but i got through but i don't know how i got through the show yeah. Um, 
And there was one other time too, but I won't bore you with the details of that. I don't know. Well, what did you have the other time? <laughs> I had had a similar kind of uh, bronchitis, but it also sprained my ankle. I could barely walk. I fell over a cat, Ooh. right? And I, and I was at Dangerfield. <laughs> my, my, yeah, but I had a I had a Letterman audition. And uh, oh shit! Right? Yeah, a friend. Of, well, actually, it wasn't an audition. It was a friend of mine. Who worked? Who knew the uh, the people at Letterman? And was going to. He had to see me first, right? Right. So that's why it was a danger. It's like, and I get up there, and I'm just. Yes, the cat was okay. <laughs> who the hell is that? <laughs> that's not I was, them, though. I was, I was. I I was disabled for crying out loud. Was the cat okay. <laughs> Hilarious. People so insensitive. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so I go up and I just, I just ate it, you know, and, uh, but I did it. You know? Nice. You yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love cat that's people. A, Gee, it's that's an Oliver Hardy moment. That's like the cat's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could do an Oliver and Hardy routine, I think. Oh, I love Ollie. I, I I love Ollie. I I love them both, but Oliver Hardy just uh, he what he does a take. That's what I learned from him uh, to take to do a take or mm, do a slow yeah. burn or to do a reaction because that's yeah. that's what acting is. It's all reacting, but comedy is very much reacting too mm-hmm. to a situation. And you know, when you create a story on stage, you're playing all the parts, and you know, you just have people don't understand that the spaces between the notes are what make the music right uh, otherwise it would just be one long sound so oliver hardy taught me a lot of you know it taught me a lot yeah they were i was just thinking about that dick van dyke episode where uh he and uh you know what is the fucking episode where they have to go to where they go to that resort and they wind oh, up yeah. having to perform yes and it's his buddy that's uh that cracks me up Yes, uh, yes, the guy, the fat guy from yes, I, I forgot that guy's name. Me too, but he's hilarious. But he did, it, they did a great routine, and that that was uh, that I believe that was an actual Laurel and Hardy routine. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they had I, a guy that used to play a comedian, but who actually was a comedian. Uh, yeah, I saw, I've seen that guy back in the day. I, I've seen him in other commercials. You know what I wanted you to ask, uh, Bill Persky? He's coming back on. He's coming back on. Um, yeah, no, he's coming back on on the thirteenth. Okay, if I'm not, but you got to ask him and write yeah. this down. Uh, there was an episode where, uh, 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 with Jerry Paris is they're having trouble, marital troubles, and he goes to see mm-hmm. Tony Gagliardi. Oh yeah, and you know Gagliardi is my real name. Yep. And when I was a kid and that episode came on. I was like, I did, I did. What? <laughs> <laughs> my name, my name. Oh, but it came on, on TV, you know, because it, it just wasn't done. And sure. all things exactly already. So I um I would like you to ask him what the inspiration for that name was. Where did it come from? I will. Because I had uncles obviously named Tony Gagliardi, and well, who yeah. didn't, you know, yeah, right. Was, yeah, Gagliardi. That's yeah. yeah. It's not. It wasn't a very no, not a very common. Well, that's like anybody. I like. We had. We have a. Um, 
I guess I have a relative in Florida. His name is uh, Mike or whatever. But yeah, he did the he actually went about doing the family tree, uh, which no one ever does unless they think my father owes them money. You know what I mean? I was like, what's the angle here? <laughs> um, they're like, we're going to find out. <laughs> if he... But apparently, literally, if you're a Poveromo, you are related to us. And that's it. Like, there's not like we only so come from back a... to that guy. I was telling you that we knew his kids. Yeah. Sonny. Sonny. Poveromo. Yeah. Sonny Poveromo. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, he was like it to be in the, the music man son nipo veroma son nipo veroma <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great yeah he's he's yeah he's probably a relative he's you know i mean everybody uh, he traced it back god i don't even know i think straight back to italy is it italy or sicily no italy formia which i don't know where the fuck that is there's actually actually a place in italy called poveromo and it's a small beach town. Yeah, I believe I've heard of it uh, um, in, in, in the things I've watched about Italy. I have mm. become immersed in Italian stuff lately. Oof. I'm watching movies in Italian. I'm, I'm reading newspapers in Italian. I'm just eating the bread, the pasta. Uh, no, I'm, just, I'm studying on Babel for a couple of years now, but I'm really starting to, I said I had to, the only way for me to really do this is to immerse myself in it. And yeah. so uh, yeah. I try to, you know, read an article a day. I try to watch uh italian tv series and nice and do you play uh, mario <laughs> mario doesn't speak so no oh, that's the, oh in n64 it's a me mario <laughs> oh, does he? okay yeah. see, that's how that's how old i am i only remember him jumping, uh, just... jumping up and down I, I always remember getting pissed at the way they drew him oh yeah he was so stereotypical italian it's like the pizza box you know that the the, the yeah. chef with the curly oh, mustache yeah. Like, but at least that's Italians doing that. The, the Japanese were like, "Hey, we need to make an Italian video game. Uh, let's make a yeah. fat plumber." <laughs> <laughs> kind of a slap in the face. Who though. hates reptiles? <laughs> if, in your, if in your <laughs> studies, you figure out about reptiles myself. So I wonder if it's innately Italian. I don't know. I mean, I don't mind them. Ooh, Mario? No, no. <laughs> Italians hating reptiles. Oh, I don't know. I, it should be a survey. That's a whole show. Why don't you do yeah. a whole show? We will. Uh, it's I gonna be the spinoff. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> you think? You think Luigi was fucking the princess behind Mario's back? I don't know. Probably. I think if you. Well, while you guys delve into this, I do have to get to my gig. But if anybody has any questions, make sure you ask them. I think John can bring them up for you guys. Yeah, I can bring them up. We have some great people here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zombie Doll's hanging out with us. Zombie yeah. Doll actually had a really good comment earlier. Uh, Zombie Doll said, "I've known my, I've, I've known my now ex girlfriend for literally my whole life, and while we were dating, she came out as a trans woman, and now she's a girl in all of his memories, despite her being otherwise for the majority of his life." Okay, so she was a she was a, a, a cisgender male when yep. you when you were with her. her? Interesting, well, right? That's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. yeah, when we were talking about uh, memories and stuff. It's funny because the mind does play tricks on you. It, it forms to what you feel. Like your emotions have a big say in what your memory and, becomes. You know, and, and one of the things, I know, I know you got to go, but we were talking about this. I, um, what, about the, what I'm talking about in the album now is that uh, people don't, uh, can't imagine uh, my, my manager's calling me. Oh, Tom? Yeah. Tell I'm me he owes me a phone call. No, um, um, son of a bitch! Wait a minute. 
Dom's oh, leaving. Julia's no, leaving. I'm waiting wait for it. I was watching this and go, what the hell are you doing? Um, <laughs> people having a hard time accepting trans people as sexual beings. Mm. And, and, and I talk about how straight men and lesbians really um, find it difficult to be with, um, maybe it's just me, but, but trans people in general. And I had one guy kind of get upset with me at a show a few weeks back because he's like, well, you pressured me, you pressured me. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to say anything because then I would feel transphobic. And I was like, well, well, it bothers me, you know? It yeah. does bother me. Sure. And, uh, you know, that's part of this. I, I chalk it up to this is the early years of uh, transgender people. You know, yeah. just, just, you know, we're just introduced to society. Yeah. Does yeah. it kind of bother you that even in your own community, it's kind of like still being somewhat debated? Because, you know, Eddie Izzard, you know, was recently, I think within the last year, like said, I'm not a trans, like transvestite's not the proper term anymore. I actually want to be called she, her, you know, and whatever. And I I remember I followed some, L, um, I think some LGBTQ, maybe it wasn't LGBTQ, but it was some kind of... Um, you know, uh, gay lesbian support group or whatever on Facebook and they fucking blasted him. And they were like, you know, this is, you know, um, well, what were they blasting him for? For basically saying that he wasn't a transvestite anymore, that he was actually a trans person. And like, no, that's not correct. Like you have to do this, this, and this, and you know, and whatever, like, yeah, it's gotta be difficult. I wish people would just leave each other alone. Yeah. But the whole idea of trans people, we're evolving the whole, yeah. The whole culture is evolving daily, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and leave him alone. Eddie Izzard's a groundbreaker, for Christ's sakes. Absolutely. You ought know, to be like a statue for him in comedy land because he's, he's, he's a ballsy guy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a... <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Phrasing, mind. Julia. Phrasing. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Coming out of my mouth, I meant... Yeah. <laughs> Praise I, I would have no reason to want to insult. And I never put that in my mouth. Now your manager's calling. Like, all right, that's enough. Where but I no, you know, Eddie is, as far as I'm concerned, could do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's fine by me. Yeah, you know? and and the other thing about Eddie too is, I don't know if you know how he came up, or she came up, um, was not in clubs that like. I think he would sell out theaters. Yeah. He, would, he would rent theater spaces to do his show and then and then just built it that way. Because he was like, why would I take, you know, only five, ten minute spots in a club when I'm writing an hour and I want to work it out? And if whoever came, came and then didn't. And he just built it up that way. No club. Yeah, no fucking comedy seller, any of that shit. Yeah. Uh, Ron, what's his name? The guy from the Blue Collar Tour, Ron. Um... Oh, um, Ron White. Ron White, I think he did Love it. Love Ron White. Day. Did he really? I believe so, yeah. Uh, somebody told me that he used to go to where there was a comedy club, and then, you know, he'd, he'd find a theater nearby and, and book the theater and just, you know, do the same thing there. Just, I don't and, understand. It's a, Do you think there's, like, a, a weird rite of passage that kind of holds comedians back for a bit, or do you think it's designed that way because the clubs need to make money? Because none of it makes any sense, like, especially now. Like, when I used to read about comedy back in the day, and like, you know, fawn over it. I understood the steps. I understood the history of the comic strip and the, and the, uh, 
you know, uh, Catch Rising Star and the Improv and the Comedy Store. Like, there's, I feel like there's five, maybe five clubs in the entire country that are legendary and they deserve the respect to be in them. And I think the rest are all fucking chasing something that doesn't exist anymore and kind of trying to hold it over our heads. The, uh, you know, the, the original system, which is where I came from, yeah, is a studio system. It was a studio system. It was replicated. You know, it looked the same way. You were, you know, you were signed to a club, you know, mm -hmm. a primary club. That that's where you wanted to work. And yeah. you worked your way up and you did shitty spots, which would have been the equivalent of B-movies <clears> until <throat> you became a headliner. And then uh, if you're lucky, you got the good spots where the, the talent scouts were coming to see if you weren't, you, you were relegated to obscurity. Yeah. Yeah. So but do you I think that those, you know, lucky comics? No, I know what you mean, but I feel like it's kind of funny because I, you know, I understand there's always going to be some kind of, uh, resistance to like, especially like from the older troops who kind of like, don't like when people are coming up in a different way. Right. But I think it makes so much more sense sometimes. Like if you're funny, like, like I, I understand like getting accepted and passed in these clubs. It's like a recognition, but you know, you were talking about finding your own truth before and sticking to who you are. Do you honestly fucking need the recognition from like, sometimes I think it used to be important to me in a certain way. And then it quickly, even when I was younger faded out because I was like, well, you know, this guy's been here for 20 something years. How important could this nod from a guy who's renting a room in a basement be? at this point and why can't you just pave your own way when you're young and you don't know anything about comedy yeah uh, or show business which i didn't right uh, most people my of my generation of comics did not know because there was no business so right. when somebody tells you that you're not good enough uh, uh to be at their club you take it you know that they're Person. an authority mm -hmm. well, well look that this club produced so and so and yeah so -and -so. They're famous. They must know what they're talking about. Right. And sometimes they do. But then comedy is such a subjective art form that uh, there are lots of people who didn't think I was funny when I was younger. And maybe right. I was. I don't know. All I know is that I kept working and working and working to what I thought was funny for me. And I and it and it eventually I figured, well, I'm either ahead of my time or, or stuck in the past. I don't know what it is. Exactly. Uh, if I hang at it long enough, it'll eventually prove itself. And it has. Right. Do you have any, like, who's your first manager? Do you remember? Oh, wow. I've had, I say, the, I say Kathy Caldwell was my first manager, but she wasn't. Oh. I had, before that, I I, I had a woman named, uh, oh, Christ, it just went out of my head. All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, Connie, Connie Denave. Hmm. Was a um, she was a she's legendary. If you look her up on, you should get her on the show. Okay, if she's still around. Connie Denave was a legendary PR person. Uh, she did uh, PR for the Beatles when they came. She did PR for uh, Bobby Darren, and she were very oh, close. Wow. I mean, she's a she's a walking you know show business uh, treasure trove of stories. Hmm. She managed me for a very short while, and I was. You know, she's the one that gave me, told me I should change my name to Scotty uh, um, because I was going down south and nobody could say Gagliardi. <laughs> they would think, oh, and uh, uh, so she said, Well, what's your? I said, My mother's maiden name is Scotty. She goes, All right, let's go with that. And mm. she decided to change it from Rich to Rick. 
and I became Rick Scotty. But uh, she's my, my first manager. And then I, for a short while, Gary Grant was my, was, uh, we, we played around with that to see, uh, it didn't work out. Um, okay. I wanted, uh, who manages Ray Ramona? What's his name? Uh, oh, um, it's, um, uh, oh my God, I got it. It's uh, Rory Rosegarden. Rory, Rory, uh, you know, I kept trying to get Rory because that was the, you know, the goal. Gold, yeah, the gold. Standard. Yeah, he's phenomenal. I mean, if you get Rory, yeah. And then uh, I just gave up on it. I just, and I, I, you know, I just made a decision that I was only, you know, probably never get past doing VFW halls, and that's my well, career. What was the process going like getting a manager back then? What was the process? I don't know. You had to be, you had to be hot. Nobody mm -hmm. should have a manager until they're hot, right? You don't need a manager when nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. You need to work. That's what you need. And then uh, when you get something, then you, a manager's only good, you know, when you have stuff going on because a manager can guide you and build you. Sure. So you're thinking of a, so am I thinking of an agent then? Well, you're thinking of an agent. Yeah. An agency is a different story that back then right. they were two, they were really separated. Now they're sort of, you know, they, they fucked each other and had babies in there. <laughs> one and the same they work out well together yeah so um i feel like they, they need to these places need they don't cultivate talent anymore they really don't like well, that they, was the advantage to this to the club system right they used to, they used to cultivate talent sure but now these kids are going and i hate to say these kids because i sound like an old fart but they go into their open mics that they're producing and they're getting advice from their peers who have less fucking experience than they do on stage absolutely you but, know, uh, so but at the same time though, what else can you do? Because even the experience, even the, you know, everybody's just trying to work so much on their shit. I don't think it's the same. Like when I used to read those, but like, it would be like Belzer got me, you know, that's the thing that I noticed. It was like, they would say like, Oh, Richard Belzer got me into this club and this club and this club. And he made phone calls yeah. and he called this place and this place to get me work. Yes. I'll tell you right now, no one fucking does that. I, I I reached out to a couple of club owners to get people in at some point, and people reached out for the, for me too. God, what Julia is saying is you. it's just your face, John. It's your it face. It probably is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on that note, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk I'll to you, you later. later for sure. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Julia. It was a pleasure okay. seeing you. See you later, man. See you guys. So like, but that but that is interesting though because I I feel like that's not you know, you know it's oh, gonna be a two parter, Johnny. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we're gonna break this up into two episodes. Um, but that is the funny thing though. I feel like that that's totally missing from like, you know, um, I mean, they do it occasionally, you know what I mean? Like, but I, you know, like I try to make phone calls as much as I can for people, but I don't think that a lot of other people do it because everybody's looking like we don't, nobody has a, a stable thing. You know what I mean? So they're like, well, that was, yeah, that was the point of having the test kitchen. That was the, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring uh, that back where people's talent could be showcased and, and we'd begin, we'd get a reputation in the industry uh, and industry people would come down and see it. I, you know, sure. Uh, there was a time, I remember when Letterman came around. Uh, to the test kitchen? No, no, no. It came to the, oh. he was going oh. to all the clubs in the city. He was looking for talent. He was looking for oh. Uh, and I'm not sure if it was for the morning show, the failed morning show, or the night show. I, I want to think it was the night show because everybody knew who he was already. Sure. And and 
the people that were put up were favorites of management, mm-hmm. you know, which is not to say that they maybe they weren't the best people. Maybe they, there were other people that should have been seen. Right. It's all subjective, you know, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. I mean, if you can come up with a better system for showcasing talent. I mean, Tom Ingenio does it. He, you know, he, we've done a couple of showcases at Gotham. Okay. And, you know, he does it for his, his acts, which is why he only has a certain amount of acts, I think, because he doesn't get buried under what have you done for me lately? You know, he, he's very good. I I badgered him for 20 years to, to manage. I, I, yeah. And I feel like, I mean, maybe it doesn't bother, like for some reason when, when I hear that, that bothers me because I feel like if you're a talent manager, you shouldn't have somebody of your caliber begging for that long to be represented. You should be constantly like, if you got a set list of headliners, whoever's on that talent show that you put together at Gotham to display who you've got, those are people you don't have to worry about. And what you should be doing is going buddy Fitzpatrick. Who do you know? Who is young? Who do you want to open for you? Because you're already set. I need to bring in the next people. Well, he and they done don't. that with, you know, he asked me, um, I, I mean, I'm lucky that I can get to sort of pick who I want to open for me. And I, nice. and I found that I worked with Anita Wise very, very well. Are we, our acts were yeah, very, she's very nice. I only met her during the pandemic on this yeah, thing. But balance wise, uh, we were complete opposites in our presentations and in our nice. material. Uh, I love Anita. I've known her for 35 years, you know, um, mm. the comfort there that, you know, I may not have with, other comics so yeah you know but i i i you know i'd love to give other people like now she's moving on she's she's starting to you know headline her own places and she's getting work and she's real busy and that's great and i'm so proud of her i'm just happy to see what she's done Mm -hmm. in the five years or so she's been back she's worked so hard and so i'm you know I'm, i'm i I want to do different things too, but like this thing with Christine Martucci, if I could, if it works out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I want to think outside the box. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I feel like you've got the uh, point in your life now too, where like, you've got all these ideas, all this shit's coming in and you can now execute them like at your will almost. Well, not quite at my will, but I'm, you know, uh, there are things that I can do now that I couldn't do six years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's got to feel amazing. I'm not, you know what? I always wondered what it felt like when I would see other people have to be able to do that. And I was like, and I, and I go, I said the same thing. I go, and you know what? It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I'm not going to lie to you, Johnny. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, yeah. So like, I, success, I've been a success. I've been a failure. Success is a lot of fun. A lot more oh. fun. You know? I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever want to, I mean, you, you, I mean, obviously you write your own material and stuff like that too, but uh, have you ever had any interest in being in a writer's room and kind of b- busting out monologue jokes or doing anything like that? Oh. When I was much younger, mm. because that's where all the cool kids were. Oh. Uh, I had uh, back, back in the early days, I was friends with a guy named Mike Rowe. Um, oh, I love Mike Rowe. You know, Mike, the writer, Mike Rowe? Yeah, Mike Rowe. Yeah. It was a comic Mike- too. Was, yeah, Mike was a comic. We were at the he was on the show. Together. I haven't seen Mike. I doubt if he even remembers me at this point. But we used to talk about writing. And his favorite show at the time 
it was Dick Van Dyke show. He wanted to write for the Alan Brady show, you know. Oh my god! But he knew early on in his career that he wanted to be a TV writer, mm. and so I was not at all surprised to see his name popping up uh, in in some very successful shows. Yeah, you know, he he got to be what he wanted. He's he's great, and he he just wrote a he wrote a book. Um, I had him yes. on early on, I think, like, and he was like in the around the twenties episodes or whatever. It's like said twenty something episodes. Um, yeah, he was phenomenal, man. And he's and he's just got a, this dearth of experience and uh, knowledge and stuff. And and the book is phenomenal, really great book because it covers yeah. comedy too, the stand up that he did, and then leading into writing. Yeah, he was a baby when we met. I mean, he was much younger than me. I I was mm. I was I was twenty eight. I started late. Uh, oh, wow, he was okay. already. I don't think he could have been more than 22, 23 years old I don't at the time. There is a starting late. Every time I talk to a comedian, like I started at 20 and I wish I started younger. And every time somebody's like, oh, I started when I was 16. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And like, should have started when I was six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, again, my generation, we all, we all, you know, it was the Eddie Murphy syndrome, you know. Yeah. You know, it's been performing since he's 15. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, was, he was a phenom on the island, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you use that as a, you look at that 15, 18. Please. Did he always have that confidence? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, wow. I'll tell you a story about it. We were at the improv. He passed auditions at the improv. And uh -huh. uh, was, uh, there used to be a, a ring of seats at the back of the room. And that's mm -hmm. where the comics would sit and watch whoever was on. Right. And I'm sitting back there one time. And he's get, he's been he's been there for a couple of weeks. And he's getting pissed off because he's not getting on. Mm -hmm. And me, like, the good Catholic person I was, you know, I'm like, you know, Eddie, uh, you got to pay your dues here. And, uh, I don't know. and he's going, I'm funnier than that. I'm funnier than all these motherfuckers. I'm like, okay, well, that may be true. You know, <laughs> and the <laughs> yeah. next thing I, saw, like, uh, I saw him about uh, a couple of months later and he had taken over booking a place up in Nyack. And as uh, I just, we talked about the other night, I can't remember the name of it. But I, I, I was booked up there and I walk in and sitting at the bar with him. I go, So what's going on? You know, comics talk. Yeah. I go, well, he goes, I just got uh, Saturday Night Live because uh, 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 what's his name had lost the gig because he couldn't read. Lauren. Charlie Barnes. Oh, oh, Charlie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he could, they took, so they got Eddie. And I was like, Oh, that's great, man. They, like, geez, I hope you get some, I hope you get some camera time. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get it. I never became a talent agent. Single-handedly saved the show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so the confidence level for him was always there, and I always envied that about him uh, um, that he had. That. Somebody said one of my favorite, one of my all-time favorites is uh, Rivers' unapologetic comedy. Oh, who's your top three? Wow, uh, female or male, or just it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, I guess. Oh, I, you know what? Well, we'll see what she says. But Lindsay, Annie, if you're still watching, <laughs> female or well, male? I gotta say, John Mulaney is in my top three now. Top it, three it now. Changed, you know, yeah, contemporary. Oh, she said any. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, do three contemporary, and then do three past. Okay. Uh, oh, let's do contemporary. So Mulaney for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm to think of. Um, Oh God, who? What's her name? Oh, what's her name? She's up in the uh, up in Wisecrackers. Is she? She also does. She does tarot cards too for a living. She, you know. Oh, I oh, think God, I know who you're talking about. I can't. I can't think of names anymore, Johnny. Oh no, I hear you. 
Yeah. Uh, um, Rob Bartlett, definitely a contemporary. Oh, there. contemporary Rob Bartlett. Okay. Yeah, I like Rob. Uh, gee, it's hard to pinpoint. Um, there's another, I can't remember her name. Um, and what, is she, what clubs does she do? She's out in LA, but she does. Oh. She, does, she works all over the country, but she does tarot cards online too. She does readings. And, oh my God. I oh, I've worked with her out in Washington a couple of years back and I <laughs> loved her. She's just very, very funny. Don't remember. Um, I like Suzanne Westenhofer too. Okay. I liked her. Um, and I like Carrie Snow, who is not, oh. not performing in the last couple of years because she's had some uh, medical issues, but uh, very funny, Carrie. And Carrie, I had a great admirer of her work because she's one of the early writers for Roseanne, too, the original Roseanne. Show. Yep. So I a bunch of people. If I, got, if I spent some time, I could put together a more complete list. Nice. Uh, previously, we've talked about the people I, I've liked in the past, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and those are great lists, though. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I'm a student of comedy. I study, you know, I really have studied, I, you know, on a macro level, man. what their comedy was and why it worked. And, I have, I got to show you, I have like uh, DVDs from like high school and up uh, of just stand, it's all stand up, stand up books, stand up DVDs. Franklin Ajay, I got to open for him and he, uh, uh, great guy. Uh, his book, Comic Insights, I used to carry around like the fucking Bible. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's certain people that you look to and you just, how did they do that? I, I you yeah. know, how did they get from where I am now to where they are now? There's certain people I wish I could have seen in the clubs because, you know, I, sometimes I feel like a special kind of dilutes the performance of a live audience, you know, of a live club. I don't know oh, why. Sure. But yeah. like I, I saw like uh, you know Paul Reiser. There was a, a video of him from the comic strip when he was younger, yeah. crushing. Yeah. I worked um, with him uh, one of my first shows in Jersey. And was he good? He was always good. Yeah, uh, this was at the Chinese restaurant where I started. Uh, yeah, Hal Lattis, the guy who produced those shows, uh, brought people out from the city, and one of the, you know he brought Paul out uh, a lot. He brought Jerry Seinfeld out a lot. Yeah, there were certain that were already whose stars were already rising right and he but at the comic ship video he's fucking destroying right it's he's getting like huge laughs and he any rhythm timing the whole thing's good then i saw like a vhs i have a couple vhs tapes because to collect comedy to you know vhs tapes too um and it's like hitting man on the special it's like yeah. not all there and i don't know why comedy you know it's a, yeah i neglected to mention uh as far as idols go rodney uh, oh yeah you met him, right? I used to. I mean, I worked Angelfields when he was alive, and I'd see him in there all the time. And you know, you get to talk to him briefly. But that, the only joke I ever sold, I sold to Rodney. Uh, you know, like, and I, and I, that's my. What was it? Joke. The joke was, uh, uh, "You want me to do it as Rodney?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got it. We're gonna respect it all. Even my American Express card left home without me. <laughs> yeah. That's a great fucking joke. I've done. Uh, I've said this before on the show, but I, one of the stories I love about him because I like, you know, you always like hearing that people are insecure no matter what because it makes you feel just good about your own insecurities. But uh, Robin told the story, Robin Williams, where he was in, we was at Dangerfields one night, just hanging out, and Rodney's about to go on, and he stands next to Robin, and he goes, "Look at me, I'm sweating. I own the club." <laughs> <laughs> there's a uh, there's a there's a there's a Carson uh, show 
early on and he had just opened the club and he talks about the club you know oh. uh, and I think, you know what as old as that clip is the club looked exactly the same <laughs> i'm stunned they fucking let it go man because you that was a museum go. more than anything else never did anything no i mean like that they, that it closed like they let it close without somebody trying to save it you know without rodney being alive though it, it's I mean, we used to get these people like, and, and I'm, I'm not saying it was just Japanese people, but I remember they used to a lot of the buses, the tour buses. Oh yeah, come to uh, to the club looking for Rodney, you know, thinking he was there all the time. Um, well, I mean, they, you know, what you know, wouldn't you if you didn't know? Absolutely. I mean, he, and he did kind of hang out uh, from what I read there a lot. Hang out a lot. He hung out at the bar in his robe. Yeah. No pants. Fucking um, awesome. <laughs> That's when you know you're famous when you can yeah. hang in a bar with no pants on. And but plus it's his club. You know who's yeah. gonna fucking tell him not to do that? No, nobody. Yeah. But I remember one night I, he was in the he was in the bar. You know, he just he, he, I I was I went over to the bar and he was standing next to me. Going, hey, Rodney, and he's the yeah, I can't help you out, kid. I can't. Like, Who the hell asked you? He you was know, a, people, yeah. People always hitting them up. You know, in comics. You know, sure. Help. There's a great story from Lewis Black um, about uh, Carlin was like an admirer of his uh, back in the day. And I, and he called Rodney. Lewis, no, no. Oh, uh, he called oh, Lewis, Lewis Black and Carlin called Lewis Black and left a voicemail on his answering machine. <laughs> oh, you heard the story where he goes, listen, I just want to start off by saying I can't do anything for your career, <laughs> but well, you know, uh, you look, you know, Rodney did do a lot for a lot of people's careers. Yeah. Oh, man, that, but that's the, comics. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, though. That seemed to die off with those guys because he paid you don't... more for that joke. He paid more for jokes than Joan Rivers did. Wow. And when you think about how much material he went through, yeah, in a one Carson set, you know, if he did it, if he did do stand up, he did six minutes of stand up, and then he'd go and sit down and he'd do another six minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, more stand up, so he, you got twelve minutes of material that you can never use again. Yeah, and he had there, to do that every time he went on. Yeah, there there was a great Rodney Dangerfield documentary on YouTube. I mean, it was from somewhere else, and everybody always goes, "Oh, I think I found it." It's not the Biography Channel documentary on him. Somebody put out one, and I swear to God, it was probably called like No Respect or something like that, where it laid out beautifully his life as a kid interviews with him. And the thing that I loved about this documentary is, is it connected his life to the jokes he was doing because otherwise you just think he's some guy whipping out, you know, joke after joke, cookie after cookie, but they all came from this fucking unbearable pain of all the wife stuff was true. The abuse from his mother being an ugly, like all that came from pain. I have spent my entire career trying to get to that truth. Mm. That level, you know, where I can talk about that pain, uh, my entire career, wow. and it's always frustrates, eluded me. In the last, well, since I'm back from, mm -hmm. you know, since I came back as Julia, I've gotten closer and closer to it. I, 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 I you know, I was, I, I talk about now a little bit about being an abused child, about being a child of an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I talk about. Um, you know, a lot of things that I never did before. And, and I don't want that. I, you know, I want to 
I talk about the effect that religions had on me, mm. uh, the negative effect. That it I was going to say, me. it has to be negative. No. And I'm and I'm just now putting that piece together, and it's got you know it's got me a little nervous, but I'm going to go for it if you know because it's truth. Mm. So Rodney was, I don't know how he found it. I don't know how he found that character, but no. But what's I'm, cool about Rodney though too is like because prior was truthful and honest to a to a that was made in the best. That's why everybody keeps putting him on top of his list, obviously, and and then. You know, but Rodney did it without, um, I don't know. You didn't, you, if, unless you knew him, I feel like, or if you bothered to, to read up on him, you didn't know they were that personal. Cause it did just feel like just jokes, just, just, but he, yeah, he did it in such uh, a playful way. Well, it, it came off as almost a cartoon character. Yeah. You know, a living cartoon because it was so, there was, it was an endless well. I mean, yep. there was an endless well of I don't get no respect jokes. That's all. All Johnny Carson had to do was ask him, "What's new, Rodney?" Yeah, and he just—he was off. Yep. And how many comics? No, I can't think of any that have that character that's so definitive. Right. No, that's true. Uh, uh, we got you hear the phrase, "I don't get the respect." Yeah, and that's it. So you have to say. Yeah, and then do the little a tie. And do the little. Yeah. Hey. You gotta do the head thing. Yeah, the head. Thing. <laughs> uh, we got another one. Who would you roast? Who would you love to roast if you could? You know what, Lindsay? I, I, I don't like roasts at all. I'm sorry. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of them. I know they're part of show business. Uh, I think they should have been kept at the friars where they were. Yeah. Where the traditions were, you know, what they are. I think. I think they're cruel and mean, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I wouldn't roast anybody. Nice. Does That's that make me not a cool comic? No, no, it makes you honorable. You're too good to roast. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, I'd rather be broiled. She, al <laughs> she also said uh, I stumbled on an old VHS of Bill Hicks. I wish I'd seen him live. Did you ever uh, see Bill? Yeah. I actually interviewed Bill. Uh, really? We had yeah. uh, when I was president of. The professional comedians association we we had a newsletter a magazine actually wow. and i uh for the magazine holy shit where is that oh i doubt if you could find it anywhere i don't have it um, ah see you guys didn't save shit back from back in the day knew? that's just <laughs> who knew i mean that's really true. if you're part of history do you yeah. know you're making history no that's true you don't <laughs> it's a good point who knew? You're absolutely right. I'm saving everything. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna ask you the big three questions. I know I asked okay, you yeah, two of them last. Too. Yeah, I two I asked you two of them last time, but we're gonna compare and contrast. Oh, the third one you've never answered before, so I'm excited about it. First one is if you can go back and change one thing in your life, talk to your younger self and change something that would help you today. What would it be? Don't fight it. Mm. Don't fight your feelings. I like that. Ario Speedwagon. You can't fight these feelings anymore. Yeah. I love it. Um, second question is, what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? I had to kill Rick Scotty. Ooh. I like that. You heard it. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's such a layered thing, but the way you just said it, I had to kill Rick Scotty, has got to be the most deeply personal uh feeling to have to say out loud 
it's one of the hardest things to say. Do you, but you do you have any love for Rick Scotty or no? I I wouldn't call it love. I, I he was a sad he was sad and he was yeah he no I don't love I love him because I I, I survived with him we survived mm. together right uh, shared experience he was, he was just a damaged flawed sad deeply sad individual right. yeah. gotcha um and the third question is you haven't answered yet and this is what we're gonna design your uh cover of the podcast episode too so uh if this is a genuine dystopia we're talking end of the world for everybody last day on earth alien zombies comet heading toward it what would be your epic death how would you want to go out uh i want to i want uh, count basie to say to me uh julia our drummer didn't show up uh <laughs> And uh, would you mind sitting in? And I would go, uh, yes, I would love to. And I oh. just as just as we started the opening to April in Paris, I'd be so fucking happy. And that missile could just hit me right between the eyes and I wouldn't care. I love that. It would become utopia. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I love it. Well, listen, I love you. And uh, thank you so much for spending time. Thanks for having me, Johnny. Absolutely. Anytime. I will see you. Uh, to, I will, we're going to come see you on Sunday. I will see you anon. Anon. Yes, absolutely. I, I don't. You, I, you know what's crazy? I will, is I, Tom is not here, and I have to do the uh, the fucking exit. I don't know how to do that. I should just end the goddamn broadcast. See, this is what I don't. This is why when you don't have a background person, I'm well, looking. You want, at, you want to sing a theme song? <laughs> Can we do the theme song to Perfect Strangers? Sometimes Some, the world looks yeah, perfect. Yeah. Inviting something horrible, dystopia tonight. Ah, that's great. I'm gonna clip that. Thank you. All right, that was it. That's our. That's the night. Good night, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Peace.